0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Sporting Capital with Cam Lue. Cam Lue. Live on your home of sport, SEN.
1: Live at the SEN Audio Hub here at Crown. It is jumping Tuesday night, I'll be honest. I haven't been here a great deal on a Tuesday night in the, uh, in the recent Probably last couple of years, but it is absolutely packed. There's school holidays here in Melbourne. There are families everywhere. And, of course, I've still got this $50 crown gift card to give away for the first person shows up in the flesh, of which there are many here walking past, having a look, saying g'day, but clearly haven't heard the Sporting Capital tonight to use the code word, which is, of course, my favourite ever AFL game. Now, I have said it. I'm not going to say it again because we've got a crowd right now listening. And I don't want to make it too easy for someone who hasn't listened to the show. So make sure you come down and say day. We are live from the Audio Hub here at Crown in the Metropole Precinct. It's footy finals time at Crown. Pete Hawley to join me in about an hour's time. The NBL Blitz, the pre-season tournament underway. was announced to that today. Scotty Pippen's going to be in town to launch the NBL season next week. So the six-timer to come down and be a part of the first weekend. So looking forward to that as well. We'll hear from Harry Sheezel, who dropped on by to the Audio Hub this morning or this afternoon and it was a part of Midday Madness with our man Dwayne Russell. And right now though, let's kick around some news. Julian Marcus is here. Hello, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm excited. It's good. It's a, it's a great week as a football purist. It's a great week at times to be in neutral once you get over the fact that your football team hasn't had a great year. It's exciting. Two big games and Really looking forward to what is going to be a wonderful, really, where we live here in Melbourne town, a wonderful 10 days.
0: It's just a great time to be a sporting fan in yeah. Melbourne in general. You've got the footy, of course, reaching its crescendo. You've got spring carnivals starting to ramp up. and We've even got the NHL in town.
1: Huge. Can't wait for uh, the weekend with the NHL. The Coyotes are in town. The, uh, the Kings as well. I'm going to watch practice, actually, on, on Friday morning. Lucky enough to be invited and, and check out practice and go to a game on the weekend. So... It will be interesting. I I am wondering about ice hockey training. Do they just practice punch-ons or do they do other stuff as well? Uh, My question is, do they
0: take it in turns with the punch-ons or does it happen naturally? (laughs) Well,
1: apparently it happens
0: naturally, but I
1: don't know. I still can't believe it still happens considering all the things that we know about concussion and all the rest of it. But when you're wearing a helmet, I guess it does diminish a little bit of that blow. Uh, Some news getting around, mate. It has been a little quieter day, but it sort of amped up a little later into the afternoon,
0: early evening. What's making news? Well... Really, The big one is Adrian Dodoro stepping down. Well, stepping down, stepping aside. Mm. I'm not sure if stepping down is quite the the right word at the moment. Matt Rosa coming in. His official title is AFL Talent and Operations Manager at Essendon. So he's going to start <laughs> in December. Adrian Dodoro will still be front and centre for one last trade period. I've got to wonder. I know we have the retirements on grand final day around the motor car. Has there been any one person who's given us more in trade period than Adrian Tadoro for the last 20 years?
1: It's good, of course, being a big part of Trade Radio, which launches tomorrow. uh, He has been very critical to the continual conversations with footy fans, Essendon fans in particular, and, of course, via himself. It is an interesting time. He he spoke, you know, obviously in the presser and and spoke about the fact that he assisted. He went to the club at the start of the year and, and spoke about the fact with Brad Scott, with Craig Vozo obviously in position, it's the time for the, the really the, the centering of making sure the football club is already set down going forward. He assisted in the process to bring in Matt Rosa. They are already looking for a football manager or a football boss, an ops boss, I guess, with Josh Marnie leaving and joining the AFL. So that's still to be sort of looked at as well, and there might be a restructuring. He isn't leaving the club, or it didn't read like that today, but he's definitely going to have a different role. He's been in the club since 1998. He's been in his particular role as the head of the list management since 2010. Matt Rose is a great football guy. He was a great footballer. I'll, I'll bring that back a little bit in all... In a all, very good footballer at West Coast and the Gold Coast Suns. Great, probably gets thrown around a little bit too much. And he's been in a very significant role... Uh, in the waffle for the last three years as a general manager of football. So he is, he's a guy who knows it very well on the field, how to relate to footballers and players of the current generation, as well as the administration side of it. I think it's a really good get.
0: Really good get. Well, Essendon have been asking, Essendon fans have been asking for new blood, particularly in that role, really seemingly for the last 20 years. But Josh marnie has gone, mm-hmm. Adrian is going to be stepping back. So, I mean, Craig Vozzo's really had that. And it hasn't come what we expected when those two positions, we expected it, I guess, kind of like what we saw last year with uh, Rutten's departure, to be quite messy. This has been very clean. It has. So that is commendable to, to him and Brad Scott and Essen and the way they've gone about this. There's a lot to be excited about, I think, in that regard.
1: I agree. I think 12 months ago when all hell broke loose and there was a great deal of disappointment after a great deal of expectation in season 2022, and it is tenfold pressure and sadness and frustration with Essendon fans, many who ring this radio station and this program all the time because it has been so long since they have tasted final success. Now, there are fans of other clubs who revel in that yes. type of situation. But I, I, I gave advice to Essendon on this show a couple of weeks ago to take a big, deep breath. Their year, I thought, was pretty good. They played really well against teams that are still standing at the end of the year. Now, the last month was disappointing. They had an opportunity to make the finals. They only just got over North, they only just got over West Coast and they were belted, belted by the Giants. Yeah. That was their worst loss by a mile. The Collingwood loss was, was really disappointing because it's Collingwood and Friday night last round. But they were belted by the Giants. It, it was by far their worst loss of the year. Now, it doesn't get better, but it is a little more relative now that the Giants may well be the most informed team in the competition leading into the second last weekend of the year. So deep breath, they're going in the right direction Zerk Thatcher is a loss, but it's not a massive, massive, massive loss, in particular if it's offset by Ben McKay. But like everyone, not everyone, like about seven or eight clubs, they're desperate to get a key forward inside to be able to take the pressure off Peter Wright, and that's what they've really got to set their sights on over the next sort of two off-seasons, starting with,
0: what is it, two weeks' time when the uh, the official trade period kicks off. So they're going to have Adrian Dodaro still there for one more trade period, but I would imagine... That Matt Rosa will have some input, even though he won't be there officially, he would have some input.
1: I, I would say so. I think the conversations will be there. It was a very thorough process, what Matt Rosa said, and the fact is that they go into how the list is going to look or operationally how certain things are going to look going forward. The man who's going to be in control of it would probably have some type of say. I'm not suggesting uh, that the AFL uh, is way more important than the waffle when it comes to these, these clubs, But I I think the waffle, the fact that he's at a waffle club more so than another
0: AFL club makes it a little bit easier, maybe, for for him to be able to find the right balance and transition. This one slipped through this evening, which becomes a bit of a surprise to me. Jack Silvani was re signed at Carlton until the end of 2025. Now, he's no guarantee to get back into the team anytime soon. I mean, I'd say he'd be at outside odds to get back into the side this week. And if they get through to a grand final, he'd need injuries in order to get back into the side. And then you ask the question in 2024, is he in Carlton's best 22? Now, I know that there weren't a lot of offers. He was being shopped around on the open market. There weren't a lot of offers out there. So they've gone back to Carlton cap in hand and they've done this deal. But one must wonder, is this a case of, for, for Jack Silvani he's going to have to be toiling it away in the VFL for a while.
1: Interesting as you touched on been reported that there was an opportunity for Jack Varney to possibly look elsewhere and maybe there wasn't wasn't as much interest outside of the Carlton Football Club as a lot of people thought there might have been. He's played some solid football and then he got hurt. I don't think there's any chance he gets selected this week. I know last week was the excuse or the reason was given that he hadn't played senior football. For, for a number of weeks and you're trying to throw him into the cauldron in a Friday night big final. You know, the worry was that someone gets hurt if you're playing him as the sub, he's got to get out there early. Just in the end, way too many ifs, buts or maybes. I'd be surprised if he gets in this week. Harry Mackay's going to come in, we know that for sure. And Pinnanet and Tom De Koning have found that right matchup, or at least the combination is probably the right word for it. I do like it, though, because you do need, and I think too often clubs, when guys aren't, in your best 22 automatically. You do need those depth, guys, and we are seeing, you know, you've got to go 27, 28, 29, 30 deep. Silvani's part of that. He will play minimum 10 or 12 games next year. Injuries happen, and he can work his way to get back in to a position on the team. The the thing with Silvani, who I like as a footballer, is he doesn't have one particular specific superstar skill set. Yeah, right. He's a great toiler and he's been able to be used at spot times at different times. So That probably hurts him a little bit in some aspects, but I think he's been a wonderful footballer. I, I, I really do. He takes a little bit of extra pressure because of the Silvani name, no doubt. Uh, and now this Carlton team is, is humming. I don't expect him to play at all to end this particular year. I could be well wrong, but I'd be very surprised. But the two-year deal is... I I think the right decision for him. And and the club need him. You need depth players. You don't just give these guys away and all of a sudden you're on your bare bones of your best 22 or 23.
0: I do wonder if we are having the same conversation with him at the end of next year, if potentially he – because you mentioned he's a depth player. And I would have thought there would have been some interest out there in the open market this year. Maybe that's another thing for Carlton in the future. Well, if we have injuries, we can put him in. If we get to the end of next year, potentially there might be some value for him to move him around. So. So the
1: big thing for Jack Silvani is, and I know this is fraught with danger having this thought, but the fact is that you, know, you look at particular players and can you see them being a part of a, any Premiership team? Like, it would it shock me if, if, if Jack Silvani is a Premiership player at Carlton. No, it wouldn't. No. It, it wouldn't. And that's where he kind of sits. He's, he's right on the cusp and the periphery. Now, Tom De Koning's second half of the year has been outstanding. I I don't know if it's sort of just a maturing process or the fact that once he signed that deal, it sort of took a little bit of pressure off him and he was able to play better footy and they've clicked really well. He was outstanding last week. He was magnificent. He was. That game, I I know it was early, that game threatened to be gone by quarter time. Melbourne started so well. Carlton had the jitters, understandably, 90,000, 96 in the place and they had to be able to find a way to settle them. De Koning did exactly that, and the whole thing changed. Just
0: on that, the shaking. I still haven't got that out of my head. The shaking of the stands at the MCG Mm. with the Acres goal and the final siren. (laughs) Those are moments... Who cares what happens this weekend? Those are moments you don't forget as a footy fan.
1: Absolutely, and it, it builds onto them. If they are, in fact, to fall one game short of making the grand final, it is not based on the type of team they are and the type of footy they are playing. It is based on the fact that they lost their way and there was a number of reasons for it and uh, it wasn't the coach, although a lot of Carlton fans rang this particular station to say that it was the coach. That's the reason they're going to fall one week short if they do, in fact, lose this weekend because finishing outside the four, everything that had to go into finishing fifth to make sure they made the eight, it's not easy to be able to continually stand up and and deal with that. They have done it particularly well. They are in wonderful form. There's an argument to suggest that the 2 informed teams in the final four are the two teams from outside the four in the Blues and the Giants? But in saying that, is a huge amount, huge amount of pressure on the line to be able to continue that undefeated Gabba record. Hold right there, Julian I'm going to come back to you on the other side of this. The temper text is fired on up zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, 1116. And also, the Harcourts open line is also open 1300 736 736. All thanks to Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts, your move. Your hardcores. We are here at the Sen Audio Harbour Crown, and you have a chance with a 50 lock ground gift card if you come down and tell me what is my favourite game of all time. Harry Sheezel joined Dwayne Russell. We're going to listen to that in around twenty minutes' time. Pete Hawley from the NBL Blitz on the Gold Coast to join me as well. But a little bit more news in the football world with Julian Marcus next on the Sporting Capital.
0: The Sporting Capital with Cam Lord Cam Lord. live on your home of sport. SCN.
1: Wherever you might be, a very warm welcome to you. Tuesday night, we are here at the audio hub at Crown in the Metropole Precinct. Of course, it's finals time. It's footy finals time at Crown, and we are here all this week. SEN track over the weekend as we try and find a winner. We're going to let David take it loose around here, which makes me nervous. There's a lot of security looking after us. And then, of course, grand final week. We will be here all week. We're going to hear from Harry Sheasel. Surely he... Rolled in through the Audio Hub earlier today to have a chat to Dwayne Russell, so we we'll are hear what uh, the superstar, the rising star and the best and fairest winner at North had to say shortly, Pete Hawley to join me just after 10 o'clock in the Courts Open Line. As always, it's open on a Tuesday night where we take a big deep breath, we are talking your favourite ever VFL, AFL game. Julian Marcus is here as well, I wouldn't say in the studio, but at least in the makeshift Audio Hub studio we've got here a beautiful crown. And we're going through some of the news, mate. What else you got for us?
0: So, Sam Doherty appeared on Fox footy tonight on AFL 360. He was asked about his shoulder, which popped out during that semifinal win on Friday night. He is due to resume training tomorrow, non-contact training tomorrow. He'll get through the rest of the week. And he is expected to play, mm. which is quite remarkable.
1: I, I think, and I talk again as a neutral football fan, but I think everybody... Regardless of who you support, even probably Melbourne fans on Friday night was hoping that Doherty was able to come back out. And, and even when the shoulder did pop out it looked he was in a great deal of distress, I think a lot of people felt for him. We know what he's been through. Uh, way more important things than football with his health and the way he's been able to continually fight that battle than roll up and be an outstanding footballer for a long period of time. Ironically, ironically, he's going to play against his former team this yeah. weekend when, uh, when the Lions welcome the Blues to town. It was outstanding to see, and he was a big part of that game. And the big part of that uh, Blake Akers goal, of course, takes the mark and puts it on the boot from 55, which led to the pandemonium scene. So uh, good news. He's going to be sore, which I don't think anyone's
0: surprised by, but the fact that he looks like he will be there, I think is outstanding news. It's fantastic. And that final play, I mean, Doherty, who was injured, kicks to Akers, who's carrying an injury. It's going to go down folklore that moment.
1: Well, it is, and I think that's something that uh, obviously... Probably hasn't had a great deal made about it, but you're a very good point. Blake Acres is sore as all get out. That collarbone, I think it's a bruised collarbone. The suggestion is that it might be a little more than that, and I think we won't get a a full, clear picture on that until the season's done and we get some type of idea of how bad it was. But Blake Acres had a really good year. It's a year that, on the wing in particular, where the wing's become in vogue again. We've seen Dakos, we've seen Gould, and we've seen some of these players be able to stand up and be a big part of the structure up of some teams, which hadn't always been the case in the previous, definitely two decades, but in the last probably four or five years, it was more about just finding another midfielder
0: not to play the traditional wing position. It's back in vogue, and Blake Akers is a big part of that. We're seeing what a specialist wing can do in the modern game, and as we see, modern trends dictate different approaches. Uh, The Roy Morgan AFL fan reports come out, which is... Go on. This is... A, I'm not even certain what this means. This is a study of, of how many supporters there are of particular AFL clubs and the conversion rate into members. So okay. So the Sydney Swans have the most supporters of anyone in the AFL with 1.3 million fans. So
1: I, 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 need, I need you to explain this to me, sure. how that works. And I'm not diminishing the Sydney Swans and yep. their huge fan base and what they do. And they're a powerhouse, Sydney. Let, let's not get this mistaken they are a powerhouse commercially they are a powerhouse on the football field and they have been a beacon of consistency and excellence for a long time but i find it very interesting that they are the biggest supported team in the afl
0: i find it interesting as well because this is again the roy morgan report and they've been pretty consistent on Mm -hmm. this for a number of years now the swans are the highest ranked side as far as supporter base but they have the lowest percentage as far as converting them into members okay So just under 5% Mm -hmm. of Swan supporters are members. Compare that to Port Adelaide, who are estimated to have 300,000 supporters. 64,000 of them are members, 21%. The highest, actually, conversion rate with as far as the Melbourne-based clubs, North Melbourne, 20% of their supporters are members. But then you compare it to someone like a Collingwood, 875,000 estimated supporters. I I find that a little low, to be honest with you. I I agree. Um, 106,000 members, 12.2%. So... Okay. I don't know what that tells you. I mean, I guess that to an extent, North Melbourne, you do have that connection between supporters and the members. It is a smaller pool, I guess, to swim in as opposed to the Sydney Swans. But what do you make of that? The Sydney Swans, 1.3 million supporters, but then you have the 65,000 members, which is very strong. But when you put it in those terms... Is it as strong as it first appears? Well,
1: I, I guess I understand exactly... I, I kind of exactly understand what they are trying to suggest. I guess from a financially strong point of view, members is, is what is continually able to, to, to float the club and, and the more members you have, the more financially viable you are. Of course, West Coast have probably got more members, would have more members than anyone else if they could actually have a bigger ground or had more people to fit into Opta Stadium. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... I, I'm not a huge survey guy in this type yep. of particular situation. I have no doubt there are 1.3 million people who support the Sydney Swans. But if you look at Richmond and, and Gollingwood, for example, who have 100,000 members or a shade over, I find it very hard to believe that they've been able to convert, what would that be, like 80, 000, uh, 80%, 75% of all their fans into members. So I'm sure they're doing a really good job. Uh, and I guess Sydney would look at that and go, OK, cool, well, we're making only 50% of our fans members.
0: How do we up that? Keeping in mind to have a smaller ground. Well, one thing that does, and this comes back to Ron Barassi early in the week, go back to 1993, he arrives in Sydney. Swans would have been lucky to get five fans to walk into the ground. Whereas now that Swans brand, it's the strongest sporting brand in the country now, according to this Royal Morgan Report, stronger than any other NRL club, any other code mm. you can think of. A large part of that comes back to the influence of Ron Barassi. We've talked about what he's done at Melbourne and Carlton, obviously in North Melbourne as well. But his work with the Sydney Swans, I think, goes a little bit under the radar. And if you look at where the Swans were in 1993... Yes. And when he left in '95. Swans made the grand final the following
1: year. So that wonderful story that was uh, recounted a number of times earlier this particular week uh, after the passing of of the legend, that they had an opportunity, if they lost to Collingwood, or if they lost, that they were going to get a priority pick in 1995 and he was able to fire them up. Now, they weren't suggesting anyone was trying to lose the game, but was able to motivate them enough to suggest that beating Collingwood means more than a priority pick. The fact is, 12 months later, they did make a grand final. And ever since 1996, honestly, they've been a powerhouse on the field. Now, I'm not saying they have been the best team in the league every single year since then, but they were very strong uh, in the early 2000s. Of course, prelims, back-to-back grand finals, and then a grand final and a premiership in 2012. Finals pretty much all the way through. A couple of odd years they dropped out of the eight. But they are a consistently brilliant football club. And you could, again, again, there are a number of people who are absolutely critical to the success and the foundation of the Swans in Sydney. But that Ron Barassi, that, that, that story and the moment and that game against Collingwood in 95 translated clearly into something bigger and better going forward. Like, no one thought they were going, no one thought in 1996 they were going to a grand final and from yeah. there it, it grew into the wonderful club we do see today. Although, I, I don't think they're the most... Heavily supported team in the country. I'm against that survey a little bit, but they are a powerhouse. That I
0: do agree with. I'd love to actually see what the, the true numbers are as far as across the board. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you're also going to have your sh- strangleholds. Like a club like West Coast have obviously got all of WA, but yes. how many outside of WA have you truly got? True. That would be a, a fascinating thing mm-hmm. to see someday. Also, Nathan Buckley has joined the Richmond consultancy group for the next coach. He's him and Trent Cotchen. Who would have thought them would have been teaming up in any situation? Mm-hmm. But Nathan Buckley's joined that conversation as far as Richmond. That We know that they're down to two. Andrew McQualter and Adam Usay for that vacancy as far as the Richmond head coaching position.
1: I think it's a really good uh, decision by the Richmond deciders to be able to bring Nathan Buckley. And I like the idea of getting a recently retired coach who clearly isn't overly interested in coaching again. And to be honest... Woody, he's working the best radio station in the world and he's doing a great job on on Fox footy. I'm a big Nathan Buckley fan, always have been. I thought he, you know, really in the end, the voice was needed, had to be a new one. I think that's, that's, and he's been well documented, but I also think that what he was able to do on the football field was huge for the success of Collingwood. They make a grand final in 2018, they make a prelim in 2019. In 2020, they win a final and then they got belted Along Geelong in that second week of the final. And then in 2021 was a year that it sort of just all fell apart. And when the momentum's going downhill, it's very hard to catch up to it. And that's pretty much what happened. But it's set up... Now, this team, Craig McRae, I'm not diminishing Craig McRae one little bit because Nathan Buckley wouldn't have been able to get this crew back to where they are now. But he's got the fingerprints on many of these young players who have played really good football and are continuing to do that in a team that is a minor premier this year. And I like the fact that they can lean on him and ask questions about a current generation coach, about the way they should go about it. Be it the questions they ask or the questions they don't ask or the questions they believe need to be answered in importance compared to the questions that they may have asked that may not need to be necessarily overly important when deciding the new coach. So I think it's a really good, really good hire. Although I don't think people get paid to be in this, so I
0: shouldn't say hire. Uh, acquisition for a short term. Adam Muzi, geez, I, I feel it. Like- McQualter will likely get it. Wouldn't he be the most unlucky man in footy in that regard? Twice last year, yeah. he comes within a whisker of getting a senior job. Probably he's going to miss out only just this time, although could be wrong. But Adam Uze, it's only a matter of time before I th- we see
1: him. I, I actually think this is it. I think, think he will it? get it. I, I think Andrew McQualta is just... I, I I feel they might try. There's the similarities of which McQualta plays and coaches or coaches and Richmond play to Damien Hardwick absolutely works in certain aspects. And I think it worked at different times this year. He was able to tweak certain things, obviously, but the fact is that there was a fair, little, fair amount of similarities between the teams, and that's because he's been with Damien Hardwick the whole time. I think going forward, he will be the coach of an AFL club. I just think this, month, I think this is Adam Uzay's time. I think it is time for Adam Uzay to get a job because clearly... And I feel for him if he continually is the bridesmaid. And it does happen. We've seen it happen a, a number of times to a number of people. But I, I think he might be. If I'm a betting man, which I am, not in this particular case,
0: I'd put my $5 on uh, Adam Uze. It's going to be fascinating to see when that decision is made in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Any last news before we let you go, mate, and get to a break? I have seen a report floating around. As far as the grand finalists are concerned... The difference between the Melbourne economy, between a Collingwood-Carlton grand final and a Brisbane GWS could be as far as $15 million mm. in the local economy. I think... So that, that's a local economy, not an AFL thing, right? No, that's the local economy. So, that, that, like, I... I there's It's no two interstate teams as well. Yeah, I, I know. The big
1: thing will be there's not a major amount of Giants travelling fans, right? Now, I, I, I loved and I was pleasantly surprised to see how much Orange was in the Adelaide Oval stands watching on TV on, on Saturday night. And the Brisbane Lions have plenty of old-school Fitzroy fans who, who still live in Melbourne, and, and Brisbane will travel a little bit more. But the exci- if it was to be Carlton Collingwood, th- this, this city will be just awash with people from Saturday night out celebrating and yep. getting amongst the festivities. Not to say that a Giants-Brisbane game wouldn't be an outstanding spectacle. And again, if we're there Saturday, if you're lucky enough to be in the stadium at the MCG, it's going to be fun regardless. And that's how I always see grand finals. I always want my team to be there. And then when they're not, and it's unrealistic to suggest that, I always enjoy it for what it is going into it. But this city would be
0: nuts. This city would be absolutely off-tap if it was Carlton Collingwood. It came this close to Richmond Collingwood four years ago. Ab-
1: absolutely. And, and since then, since that prelim, since the Giants, ironically, absolutely dispelled Brody Grundy's big game in the ruck in the soaking wet without Toby Green to get to their first ever grand final. Us Melbournians haven't seen a good grand final. Yeah. Richmond absolutely demolished... The giants after quarter time and last year didn't even take until quarter time for the game to be pretty much over the actual day peaked with robbie williams yeah and then from there for geelong fans they were great and then sydney obviously they wanted to leave at halftime so there was a fair bit of disappointment uh for us neutral fans i think we're set for a great grand final either way uh so i don't care who's playing but there is no doubt victorian
0: government and tourists on carlton and <laughs> collingwood to be there if it was Brisbane GWS, I think for the style of matchup it would be one of those sleepy hits I really feel it'd be a fantastic contest.
1: I think we could see twenty goals to eighteen if it yeah. was to be Brisbane and the Giants, and even if it was um, to be you know Brisbane and Carlton can take it on, but I think Carlton this weekend are going to show exactly what they need to do they to play a contested type of ball and doesn't if they get to a free flowing contest I don't think they can go with brisbane 's uh, offensive Real efficiency. Dan Hur's playing well, although, you know, he has to stand up and do it again. Hitwood, Rain has played his best football in that final. Uh, Charlie Cameron is Charlie Cameron. Then midfield kicks goals as well. Uh, of course, if you don't bury them early, Sam Walsh would just gut run you into the ground in the fourth quarter like he did last weekend and the weekend before. So uh, it'll be interesting. But if it was to be Brisbane and
0: the Giants, I think we'd see a really high-scoring game can't wait. Regardless of how it finishes next Saturday afternoon, we're in for an absolute treat. Most certainly.
1: Thank you, Julian. All the latest news. We'll get to a break. We are here right here at the SEN Audio Hub at Crown. You need to still, I'm still waiting. I've given $50 crown gift cards away, no doubt over the phone. But you need to roll on in and tell me what my favourite ever VFL, AFL game is in the person to be able to get it physically in your hands. I'm still waiting. Come and say good day. We are here at the Audio Hub at Crown in the Metropole Precinct.